Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 57 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. As always, I know how many different options you have in terms of what kind of content you're looking to consume. I know you have to make smart choices regarding how you spend your time. I so get that. So I'm always mindful of that, and I'm looking to make sure that you get a good return on your investment of time because your investment, most of all, should be in you. You should be pouring as much as you can into you. And no, that's not selfish. That's smart. It's tactical because the fact is, if you can't lead yourself, how are you going to be a leader for anybody else? Your family, your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers, and the world around you. Pour into you. Invest in you. That's why I want to make sure that I've got something you can use and implement and better yourself with and that I'm not going to waste your time. I also want to reiterate one more point before I get to this episode's conversation, which is absolutely incredible and one of my favorites ever. I know you will feel the same. I know the holidays can be a really challenging and lonely time for so many people. And if that's the case for you, you have my utmost empathy. I know so many people are just trying to get through this period. Just remember this. As challenging as it is, it could be so much worse. You're still here. You can still turn whatever pain you're dealing with right now into purpose. As long as you're above ground and you're breathing and you have your health, you have the ability to fight. So fight. Fight for your happiness. Fight for your peace of mind. Fight to become your best version of yourself. Fight for the life that you've always wanted. Just know that you're going to have to fight like hell to get it. You're going to have to get your ass out of bed when the alarm goes off, and not just on days when you feel like it, but every day, every damn day. Get vertical. Go to battle. Beat back the demons within and win the war with yourself. And by the way, that's not a burden. The fact that you still have the opportunity to do that is amazing. It's a gift. Don't waste it. Don't waste another day. Don't waste another hour. Decide who and what you want to be. Then devise your plan for getting there. Go all in and commit to that plan. And then execute it. In other words, decide, commit, execute. Decide, commit, execute. Consistency wins. Discipline wins. Relentlessness wins. No hacks, no shortcuts, no magic pills. Do the freaking work and do it right freaking now. Don't say that you'll start in the new year. Everybody's looking for an edge. Success is in the margins. Happiness is in the margins. Do not wait for the new year. Don't lie to yourself with another bullcrap set of resolutions. Decide, commit, and begin executing right now. And then that way you blow through the new year, having already stacked some winning days. You have momentum. You've hit the ground running in 2023. Get a head start on the competition. Hell, get a head start on yourself because the ultimate competition is always with you. Do it. Decide, 
commit, and begin executing right now. Now, in terms of this episode's conversation, it is truly one of my favorite ever. And it's a conversation that I had at the end of summer with former NFLer Manti Teo. Again, I try to limit the number of athletes and coaches that I bring onto this pod, but Manti and his story actually transcend the sport. Our younger listeners may not even know who he is, or maybe you recognize the name, but you don't fully remember the story, or you know exactly who and what I'm talking about, but you don't know exactly what happened. My guy Manti is the very definition of reinvention, courage, dignity, respect, humility, and love. He's also the subject of an amazing Netflix documentary, which I would encourage you all to watch. In short, Manti was a superstar college football player, an All-American at Notre Dame. He played for the national championship, and he was the runner-up in the Heisman Trophy balloting as a linebacker. Universally beloved, and everybody's All-American. And then, in a brief moment, his life came crashing down. His grandmother died, and then he found out the love of his life and girlfriend died shortly thereafter after fighting leukemia. In fact, it virtually the same time. But he planted his feet and decided to convert that pain into purpose and be an inspiration to so many others. One problem. His so-called girlfriend never really existed. And she certainly didn't die. He was one of the first high-profile catfish victims in this country. And he went from being one of the most beloved and respected figures in the nation to an object of scorn and ridicule literally overnight. And finally now, after all these years, Manti Teo is prepared to share that story and discuss how he was able to turn his entire life around and why he carries virtually nothing but love in his heart for everybody that he comes in contact with, even the individual who deceived him so terribly. It is an amazing conversation. It's episode 57 of the Reinvention Project with Manti Teo, and it's coming at you right now. Manti, I would say it's been a minute, but it's actually been a decade, literally, since you and I have spoken. I'm so glad to get the opportunity to do so right now. Manti, how are you? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Blessed, for sure. Good to hear that. Listen, obviously, you had been approached so many times over the years by telling your story. I'm curious, why was the time right right now, and what was it like to share your story after all this time? Well, it was right now. The time was right right now um, because, one, I was ready to tell it. And I thought it was important for me to be in that space to tell it because had I, had I done it you know, earlier, um, a lot of the opportunities to speak about it came right after it came out in 2013. And there was no way that I was going to be able to share um, the story and the details without being ashamed of any of the details. Um, but in 2017... And I know you know the guy, Cam Jordan. He took a bunch of us um, to a Jay-Z concert. And Jay-Z opened up that concert by saying, you cannot heal what you don't reveal. And for me, at that moment, that's when I realized, okay, if I want to heal from this thing, i got to be open to sharing it with those that want to know. And so luckily for me, um, I just got with the Saints. And so I had a whole bunch of new teammates and they had a lot of questions and we had we had a lot of good conversations and i started to realize the strength that i started to get from these conversations but not only that but the love and the respect and um, the support that i started to get from these individuals that i was that i was sharing the the, the story with 
And it just made me realize, like, man, like, there's so much healing in this. And, you know, Jay-Z was right. Like, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Well, fast forward to 2020, uh, when Tony Vinuku reached out to me and introduced this project to me. Um, he and I had a similar conversation where I just went off and I started to tell him details. And by that conversation and by my by me sharing, he 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 simply told me, he's like, bro, you're ready, bro. He said, you gotta, you gotta share, you gotta tell somebody this. And Jim, honestly, I told Tony, I was like, you know, I don't I don't, I don't feel like I need to now. It's been three years since 2017 and I'm at peace with everything now. But I don't feel like I need to. But he told me think about it. I told him I'll, I'll talk to my parents about it, my, my, my team about it. And um, from that moment on, I started to realize that there are a lot of people that still had questions. And more importantly, there are a lot of people that supported me over the years and were currently supporting me that didn't, I felt like they didn't have the backing for it. Like I, I wasn't giving them the facts to support me. And so I figured, hey, listen, Manti, you're at a place in your life where you're ready. You're not ashamed. You're not scared. And two, you have an opportunity with Tony Vinuku and Ryan Duffy to be a part of a project where they will tell the story the right way. And so, I mean, it was kind of um, a perfect match at that point. You know, Manta, it's really a, it's a fascinating response. Like journalistically, as the process goes, you correct me if I'm wrong, but as the process goes, when you do a documentary, you sit down for the interview, but journalistically, the directors that you mentioned, they do not show you or tell you necessarily how the show is going to be produced and edited. You just sit for those interviews. How concerned were you with how it might come out? And then what was it like for you to sit and watch the doc yourself? Well, you know, I, I wasn't really concerned, honestly, Jim, like how it was going to come out because I, again, I, 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 based on my conversations with Tony and with, uh, with Duffy, I just trusted them that they're, you know, when they said, Hey, listen, we are going to tell the story the right way. And that's what I wanted. And I, I think it's important for, for everybody to understand that I didn't want to tell my story. That's, that's, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell the whole story. I wanted to tell these stories. So that is why I wanted everybody that was involved with this thing on the project. And so I wasn't afraid and I wasn't concerned with how they were going to make the project. I think if anything, I was just concerned on how people that would watch it would, would understand it as, you know, and so... That's if anything, that's that was that was the thing that I was just a little, you know, a, a little worried about. So the holidays are here and you can achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender and delicious Omaha steaks. I absolutely love Omaha steaks. I love receiving them as a gift and I love giving them out as well. The holidays are here and you can achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender and delicious Omaha Steaks. These steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use the code ROMACHECKOUT and get an additional $40 off your order.
Normally, if things sound too good to be true, they are, but not in this case. This is awesome. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right now, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code R-O-M-E, Rome, at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. It's a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you are ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and get 50% off site-wide, plus... Use the promo code Rome R-O-M-E, at checkout and get an extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. So, Mance, I want to be careful how I do this because our time is limited and it's a two-episode doc and it's really obviously complex and it's involved and to tell the story the right way, you need some time. So I got to pick my spots. But if we go back to the story itself, you had this relationship with Lene, Naya, now, and it went on for a few years, as most people remember. I'm curious, at any point, because you had this ongoing relationship and then when you would try to meet up or even FaceTime, it never really seemed to work out. At any point, were you not suspicious did you think you might be getting catfished uh no so back in back in those days back in those days nobody knew what catfishing was um i didn't know what catfishing matter of fact the first time i that i um knew that i heard the term catfish was when my my uncle um lyle who's the 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 lawyer he told me that you're, you're being catfished. And so prior to that, there was no understanding of what that was. And, uh, definitely I, I, I was not, ex- I definitely wasn't expecting that even with all the things going down, everything going on. Um, I kind of mentioned in the documentary that I asked through my conversations with Lene, there were a lot of mutual people that would come up in conversation and I'd reach out to these people. And this was in 2009, 2010. And I would ask people, hey, do you know who Lene is? And they would be like, oh, yeah, I know who Lene is. And, I mean, these are people that, that I knew. So when you say, oh, I know who that is, I, I assumed, again, 2009, that, okay, like you, you've met this person. You know, now, obviously, with 2022 goggles, you have to ask the question, have you met this person in person? Like, have you met this person in, in real life? And so, obviously, hindsight is 2020. Right. So you thought you had confirmation, like you found more than one person who knew that person. So you assumed that that person existed. And then when you look at it, Manti, like, for instance, you had this unbelievable senior year. Notre Dame is having a huge mm-hmm. season. You're looking more and more like a first round draft pick. And then tragically, mm-hmm. on September 12th, 2012, you find out your grandmother passes away. And if that weren't tragic enough, later that very same day, Lene's quote, brother calls you to tell you that she passed away after a long battle with leukemia. What do you remember about that day? Uh, I just remember, so, when it, it was just, a, whenever you're experiencing loss, like I think, you know, hopefully, nobody has to go through it, but it's, it's the real just sad, somber day. And so when I, when I found out that my grandmother passed away early that morning by my parents, you know, it was just one of those days that it was just, it, it was, it was a, it was a cloudy day for me um, because I just lost my grandfather um, in January 28th, on January 28th of that year, of that same year. And so it was, you know, it's just kind of one of those days. And then I get the news that Lene passed away. So it's just like a double whammy um, for me. And so all I remember is I had a decision to make and that decision was either to feel sorry for myself and to think about myself or to make this more about others and try to 
be a leader for my team. And so I literally just said, you know what? Coach Kelly told me, hey, stay in. Don't go off to practice. And I remember the boys were out there doing warm-ups, and I ran out there <laughs> with my helmet on, cleats, you know, shoulder pads on, ready to go. And at that point, I already made the decision, like, okay, I'm going to make something good out of this situation. I'm going to try to be an inspiration to those who are going through hard times. No, and you were, and you did, and it transcended the sport itself, not just college football, but like you became a national phenomenon because of your courage and your grit and the way you handled that. So when and how did you find out that not only did Lene or Naya, Lene did not die, but Lene never actually existed. When and how did you find that out? So I didn't know. I didn't fully understand everything, Jim, until that's been released the documentary i mean that's been released their um the story their little report yeah their story yeah that's that is when i knew i was like okay i know what that is i know what's going on now because before that prior to that event jim i didn't know what the heck was going on i was like i don't know what's what's real what's what's not real who's who who's not i just know that one i just got a call like in september I got a call that this individual, this individual, unfortunately, passed away. Now I'm getting a call at the ESPN Awards in Florida that this person, that this person, is now alive. And like, that's not just something you just joke around with. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't say, "Oh, yeah, now I'm alive." So there's a whole bunch of confusion there. Um, and so I didn't under, I didn't fully know what was going on and what happened, and that you know, Lene was was not a real person until. Um, Deadspin released their story. So, Matt, I'm curious, like Deadspin, and I mean, I've done this a long, long time. You and I spoke that year before that all went down. And it, mm-hmm. to this day, even 12 or 10 years later, it's still one of the most incredible stories and just so hard to kind of fathom because now we know, but we didn't know back then. Deadspin breaks the story. Up until that moment, Manti, you were the chosen one. You were everybody's All-American. You were somebody who, as I mentioned, transcended the sport. You were an inspiration to Mm -hmm. one and all. And then in a moment that story breaks, you reach for your telephone. You pull up Twitter. What did you see? Yeah. (laughs) I saw a lot of things that I can't say on the show. Like, that is – it it was, you know, just – People saying what they what what they had to say, you know, saying jokes like you know death threats, you know stuff. This stuff that I, I'm sure that people wouldn't want to say uh, again, but it was just one of those things. Like it was just a drastic difference than what I was used to um, previous to that. Like everything was like, man, you inspire me. Um, like thank you for all you do, and now it's like the total opposite. So. That that it was it was yeah it was a tidal wave for sure. Man, say like I'm um believe me and I and I've had my moment where I was the butt of jokes and I was the guy getting clowned and mocked on Saturday Night Live when the quarterback came over the table. So I'm not gonna say I know exactly what it's like, but I had a taste of that life. So. I understand, and I would never judge, and especially when you're a young person and you're in it, and you don't know what to believe. Like, your whole world was turned upside down, but there was that small window where you knew or you thought you knew that this was not what it was. In that moment, why did you not come clean and own it and deal with it in that moment? Why did you continue to stick to the script? Well, because I didn't, I mean, I didn't know who to tell any, you know, I, who, who, I, who was I going to tell? Like, I... I felt like I had to keep that to myself. There was a lot of stuff that were going on at that time because two days later I was 
at the Heisman ceremony. And so as a 20, what was I, 21, 20, yeah, I think it was 21 years old, like 21 year old kid. I'm just like, okay, what do I, who do I tell with this news that somebody that is potentially, that was potentially dead, that is now alive. Now keep in mind, Jim, that, that, that was the news I got. Never did I ever think like, oh, I'm getting catfished or this thing isn't real. It's like, dude, what? I don't, I don't know what is going on. And so before I can, you can speak on any event, like make sure that you have all the facts there. And so I didn't have all the facts. I didn't know who to go to. And uh, I mean, I, I, to come in front and, and say all of those things. Yeah. I mean, whether that have made a difference, I'm not too sure. You know, I, mean, I, I don't know how all that works. I'm talking with Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com, who is describing the businesses that have benefited from a tax refund via the Employee Retention Credit, the ERC, through the IRS. What kind of companies have come through as a result of hearing me talk about this message on the air? Can you give me some examples? We have a uh, Best Pizza. It's in Brooklyn, New York, 12 employees. We were able to qualify them for $56,000. We were able to gap another $56,000 for them, and they were ecstatic. We had a medical professional company in San Diego with 250 employees get $3.5 million. Their workforce was deemed non-essential by the government. And so they had a huge revenue decrease and that's how they qualified. And they they are one of the groups that really maximized this credit. We've got a group in Kansas that's also an employment agency. They've got 72 employees. We were able to get them $167,000. And that's just three of the companies that OmegaTaxCredits.com has helped. There is time still for you to apply and determine if your small business qualifies for a tax refund like this. You've weathered the pandemic and the economy. So see if you qualify. Omega Tax taxcredits.com. I understand this. And hindsight certainly is 2020, especially when you're in it, like when you're in it and you don't know who to believe, what to trust, what to do, what decision to make. Like, man, like, for instance, you touched on this, like everybody, what was it like to walk in a room before that happened and the way people reacted to you? And then after it happened and then the whole world knew what happened. What was it like to walk in that same room after that? Like, how did your world change? Well, I'll say this, Jim, and I've never said this to anybody, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, okay? Prior to the, the story um, coming out with Deadspin, I already had been in, in Florida training um, at IMG Academy, and I had made friends with, you know, all the guys down there. Like, we were just down there trying to do our thing, right? After the next morning, so the, 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 the evening that it dropped, it was like late afternoon, uh, my agent told me, hey, we're going to move you on campus at IMG Academy. You're going to stay there. Do not go to workouts. Don't do anything. Just lock yourself in there and don't do anything. But, but me, being me, I said, man, I got a, I got a, I got a goal. I, I got a combine coming up. I'm, going to, I'm just going to throw this, all of this stuff you know, behind me, and I'm going to go train the next morning. And when I went and I walked into the cafeteria, um, all the guys who I had made friends with before, there, I could hear them because I was coming around the corner and the TVs were on and everybody was talking, you know, laughing, all of this stuff. And right when I walked in, it went silent. And that silence was so deafening, Jim. But I will say this, Eric Reed, uh, Menelik Watson, Bjorn Warner, uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson. I think that's, yeah, I think that's um, Bleedy's last name. But those guys were the guys were the only guys that after a while came came by me and said, Hey bro, like we got you. Like Eric Reed would come to my apartment and we'll watch Sons of Anarchy and eat um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he would just chill with me. And that meant the world to me, bro. So like yeah, like was was it hard to walk into these 
to these rooms where I knew that everybody knew, yeah, it was it was difficult. But having guys that I knew like weren't judging me like those like those individuals, like it really helped me out during those times. Man, Ty, I also understand this because, as I mentioned, when the quarterback came over the table on me and everybody's coming for you, you remember the few that have your back. You remember the few oh, yeah. that are there for you. I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. there aren't And you very want them many. to know, bro. Like, yes. You're right, Jim. Like, I want you to know. Why? Because during that time, I knew that it was not popular to come to MI8. I knew it. But you did. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Like, to all my boys out there, Eric, Bjorn, uh, mentally, like bleeding, like man, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, how, like you extending that amount of, of of grace and love towards me during that time, and it it really helped me. That's how you know. I'll tell you another reason why I know exactly what you're talking about, and I just want to say this really quickly because when I had my thing happen. All of a sudden, no athletes wanted to talk to me initially, and people were canceling their appearances on the show. But the very next mm-hmm. night, Al Michaels, the famous broadcaster, was booked. And I thought to myself, there's no way a Hall of Fame broadcaster is going to sit with me because you, you just nailed it. People do not want to associate mm-hmm. or be attached to you if they think you're toxic like that. And he didn't mm-hmm. cancel. And I said to him, I said, Al, I cannot tell you how much this means to me. Why did you not cancel? He said, because you're a friend, and I knew you needed it, and I knew it would make a difference you never forget stuff like that do you never never do never do but uh, you know speaking to that jim like and you know this like for us who who are on the who are on the receiving end of of that type of you know scrutiny like we do a thing where the world all of a sudden gets really small like what i mean by that is our world becomes um so encompassed by like we think that everybody knows that everybody knows my story everybody knows what happened but what I've learned from the whole thing is that's not necessarily the truth. Like not everybody knows, right? Not, not, not everybody, you know, is going to tease me. Not everybody doesn't want anything to do with me. There are good people out there that really love you, uh, that are great people, and they're going to, you know, lend a, a helping hand. So I appreciate all of them, them people that it, did that. It's a great point that you make. Before I let you go, a couple of things, but you had to get to that point. You didn't understand that initially because how could you? So the draft, I mean, you're getting your work in, man. It's how you spent your entire life working for this moment. You think you're going to go in the first round because you would played your way into the first round. You drop into the second round. You're taken by the Chargers. That's still an amazing thing. You get to the NFL, but I want to ask you this because in order to get to the part where we are right now, you still had to get through something really dramatic. You get drafted and you're on the sideline before your first preseason game with the Chargers and physically something was not right what were you dealing with on the sideline what happened well what would happen is the same thing that would happen in practice before every team period seven on sevens 11 on 11 any time where i had to compete in any type of situation my feet would go numb my legs would go numb everything would start to tingle my palms would start to sweat i would get lightheaded like and what i what i what I later found out, like I was having an anxiety anxiety attack. That's a tongue twister, but that's what that's what was ha- happening to me. And unfortunately, my play on the football field replicated exactly how my internal body was doing. Like I, th- I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, Jim. Like I didn't, I didn't play any type of good ball with the Chargers, and I. I told Tom Telesco this when I saw him in, in L.A. when I was with the, with the Saints after I played my first year with the Saints and, and I had a great year. I told Tom, I was like, Tom, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't play for you the way you know I could have played. 
And he's like, no, I'm so glad you had a great year with the Saints. I was like, no, you have no idea what I was going through. And I'm sorry I couldn't perform for you because I know you believed in me. And then I went on to the Saints. I had, I was able to heal internally. I was able to regain control of my life mentally. I was, my mental health was at a, a at a great level. And what happens? I play my best, my, my best ball. I, I was the man tied that everybody knew at Notre Dame when I was at the Saints. But I wish I could have done that for 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 the guys who believed in me first and drafted me. Can can I ask you, man? So like for instance, like exactly at Notre Dame, you were. I mean, you were just flying around, free flowing. Of course, you were not in your own head. You had not gone through anything like that. It was traumatic. Like mm-hmm. when you when you experienced that numbness and that tingling, and it manifested itself like that. Like how long did that last? Three years. Three years. That's Three why years. Jim. That the national will always be a big a. Uh, 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 a big moment for me before a game because it, it would happen while I would be standing on the sideline and it would all start up right then. And I will, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, the the game that it stopped and it was, it started to get better. But the day that it fully stopped Jim was when we played the Detroit lions at home in the Superdome um, when I was with the saints. And that was the day Jim that I didn't, that was the first time, in my whole NFL career that I didn't get it. And that was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Incredible. So really quickly, your therapist, so you found a therapist and you got help and then you started to get better. Yep. And your therapist, Banta, yep. said, have you forgiven Renaya or in this case, Naya? What was your response? Yep. Yes. So people don't know this story, Jim, um, but I went to an All-American, a high school All-American game um, at Oceanside High School. And I saw some individuals that I, I thought I re- recognized and one of my boys knew who they were. And I, you know, he saw concern on my face. I was like, I know that person, but I don't know those people. And he told me that that was Renaya's, well, now Naya, that was Naya's uh, dad and Naya's sister. And I said, like, oh, okay. Then he was like, yeah, Naya's over there, like on the other side of the field. And he told me, he was like, bro, we can't leave right now. But I told him, I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. And that's when I knew Jim. I was like, okay, I'm, I know that I've forgiven Naya. Because I have no ill will towards Naya. Um, and that's when he hit me with that, that second question that forever changed me. Did, okay, I know that question because I've seen the doc. For those who have not yet seen it, what was the second question and how did that forever change you? Well, then he said, well, have you forgiven yourself? And I was confused. I was like, what, what do I need to forgive myself for? And then he told me, he was like, well, for somebody like you who's always been confident, You've never questioned anything in your life, especially on a football field. Football is what, what I did well. It's like you, when you hit somebody, there were no voices. When you, when you made a decision, there were no questions. Like you just did it. Like you trusted in yourself. Well, something like a catfishing incident, like that's going to have you start to second guess yourself and start questioning yourself. Deep down inside, you know that. Like you have to let that little kid know, that little boy inside of you, let him know that it's okay. It's okay. You didn't, you did nothing wrong that everything is going to be okay. Let him know. Forgive him. And that's where it took off, Jim. You know, Manti, leave me with these thoughts, and I think that is really, really profound. You know, we saw the reaction to the Deadspin article and just what a terrible thing that was to go through. You know, this premiered just last night, so people are going to keep seeing it. I'm curious, what have you been hearing from folks since the documentary began airing last night on Netflix? What's the early reaction been like to you? Man, it's been nothing but love, brother. 
it's been it's been nothing but love and i'm so grateful and i'm humbled by it all because it's been a long time like the type of love that i'm getting right now supersedes the type of love i was getting before 2013 like there's there are people all over the world that that have are going through something whether it be catfishing like there's been a lot of people that have hit me up that said hey like i've been catfished both men and women alike and, you know, I know how this feels and just hearing your story, you're giving me strength. There are people that have gone through losses, people that are going through hard times, whether it be mental health issues or, you know, having bouts of depression and stuff like that, that have reached out and said, man, just hearing your story and hearing what you had to say gave me life. And that right there, bro, that's what it's all about, Jim. That's what this whole thing is about. Like everything else. OK, cool. But the whole reason why I wanted to do this was to put a little bit of love and a little bit of hope in the in the hearts and the minds of people out there that i can't talk to on a daily basis and i'm that's why i'm so grateful for um ryan duffy for tony vinuku for my family um even for naya for being on this thing because man it's doing a lot of good in the world man and that's what the world needs that is what the world needs so final thought have you spoken to naya and if so when was the last time you spoke to naya and how did that go no, so I, I haven't I haven't spoken to Naya. So the last time I heard um, from Naya was uh, when uh, Naya called me. Well, it was Renaya back then when they called me before the that a few hours before Deadspin's article released. That's the last time, and that was 2013, and that's the last time I ever heard from 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 Naya. I mean, you're, you're in such a good spot right now. You're in such a good place and such a good mindset. Did, do you want to talk to Naya? Would you reach out to Naya? Would you take that phone call right now? Or do you feel like you're good? No, I'm, I'm good, brother. I think that's the greatest thing about this. what I wanted with this with this, with this, this Netflix um, project was everything that I needed to say and I wanted to say, I said. And I said it in the most loving and genuine way that how I exactly, exactly how I felt. And I, I, I hope I hope that Naya gets it and, and understands that and you know, I, I'm, again, I'm good. Manta, I so appreciate you. I, number one, I really appreciate all the time you spent just now. I'm so appreciative that you and I could get caught up because, as I mentioned, you and I have not spoken in a decade. I'm so glad you shared the story. <laughs> I want to be very clear about this. The, the doc is amazing. There is so much more. Even though you went long form with me right here, there is so much more to the doc and the story. I would really, really encourage everybody to watch this on Netflix as part of Untold. It really is awesome. You sound great. It is great to have you on the show, my man, and I really do appreciate you, Manti. Thank you, brother. I hope all is well, bro. What an amazing and powerful conversation with Manti. Much love and respect to him for taking the time to chop it up with me and for the man he is and the life he leads. Amazing that what seemed like the worst thing ever started to actually change the night he saw Jay-Z in concert. And hearing Jay-Z say, quote, you cannot heal what you don't reveal, end quote. And that line alone helped turn his entire life around, helped him change his entire mindset and outlook completely. And it makes so much sense, right? Because so many of us do not want to revisit whatever it is that's causing us so much pain, do not want to confront the trauma that occurred previously. So we bury it. We never deal with it, except that's all wrong. You have to confront your demons. You have to confront those things that are holding you back. Because there is no progress and there is no growth in ignoring these things. You have to look those demons in the eye and tell them, I own you. 
I'm no longer going to give you that power over me. But there is no healing in ignoring these things and burying these things and pretending that they never actually happened. And there's no growth in not owning and confronting and revisiting the darkest moments in your life. You may not know that in the moment or even after, but there are some of the greatest opportunities in your entire life in those moments. You've got to flip that shit on its head. You have to realize there is no growth without adversity. And the greater the adversity, the greater the opportunity for growth. I'm not saying that what you're dealing with now or previously isn't or wasn't horrible. I'm not even saying that you can change it, but you can change your reaction to it. You can actually reframe it and you reframe it by deciding it's not something that happened to you. It's something that happened for you. And that's exactly what Manti Teo did. But you cannot heal what you don't reveal. To those and others around you, in this case, he revealed to the entire world what he was dealing with, and not only did the world not mock him for it, the world loved him for it. One more thought I have. I think we're all running on different fuel. Some of us live to prove people wrong, and that can work. Others live to prove those who believe in them right. That also works. Then there's the act of forgiveness. And there are some acts that are so heinous, you'd argue that they're unforgivable. Others might argue, regardless of how abhorrent something is, if you don't forgive, you cannot move beyond. And yes, there are some things that are so horrific, it would be impossible to argue that that happened for you and not to you. I understand that. But I'm struck by Manti's therapist asking him if he had forgiven Lene or Naya, as it were. And he says, absolutely, he bears no ill will at all towards Naya. More importantly, his therapist asked him, have you forgiven yourself? And as soon as he got his head wrapped around that concept and actually did forgive himself, his entire life took off. So ask yourself, how long are you going to carry around whatever it is that's eating you up on the inside, wrecking your mindset and affecting the quality of your life? Something that happened long ago something that happened long ago, and something that you cannot change. Turn the page. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Let it go. And then and only then, like Manti, can you truly begin to live your life and begin pursuit of becoming the person you are meant to be, but not until you forgive yourself. Make sure you forgive yourself. My thanks to Manti Teo for that amazing conversation. Once again, be sure to look for that documentary on Netflix as part of their Untold series. And again, if you appreciate what you're hearing on this pod, I would absolutely love for you to review it, share it, and subscribe to it. Thanks so much once again for all your support. And I will have another fresh episode of The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome for you once again next week. See you then. And again, thank you very much for all the support. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.